Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Another day, another crop of quarterbacks for us to discuss in terms of them throwing interceptions. Welcome in to the latest edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you once again on the show. For once, there has been no major overnight breaking news that impacts our recording. Now, there was lots of things that have occurred since the last time Jamie and I sat down to record an episode. Justin Herbert contract, Andrew Thomas getting a big deal. I mean, teams are handing out contract extensions like they're Halloween candy right now. They're just giving them away. Camp starts that time of year for everybody but uh, Devin Witherspoon, who as of uh, Wednesday evening is still the only draft pick unsigned. Do you find that odd? Do you find that weird? Um, I mean, I guess there always has to be a last one. Um, I do find, I mean, the Seahawks sometimes will take this late into July before they sign guys. Okay, but hold on. They had two first round picks. So yeah. I, if they only had one guy in the first round, I can understand this. But they've just negotiated a deal with a first-round pick, so they understand how the framework's going to work a little bit. It's it's a little bit, yeah. I I don't know what specifically is the holdup here. Uh, Usually it's offset language and some other stuff. Uh, uh, Let's talk about it next week if he's still not there. Okay. Right now it's not – it's a, like, half a rock eyebrow raise, just like half a one. So so we we used to do – we used to play – Big, Big deal, deal, little deal, deal no deal. deal. Now we are using the rocks eyebrow raise as our new metric. I just want to make yeah. sure we're on the same page. Like it's not a full rock eyebrow raise. But it's, it's just like a partial it's one. It's perplexing. If we get into if if we record our Monday show and it hasn't happened yet, then I will start to I'll upgrade that to little deal. Okay. But right now it's more like I'm monitoring it. Well, we are monitoring these quarterback interception props for the 2023 season. What a and great transition. That That's is the, the next group up for us to discuss, another group, I believe, of 11 quarterbacks. And this is the, the, the next quarterback that we're going to discuss, the first one for today's show, is somebody that Jamie is so excited to talk about this prop that he mentioned it during yesterday's show. Like, that's how excited yeah. he is about talking about this player. And I will tell the listeners of the show, Jamie was so excited, his computer melted down about while I was doing Again. the transition, while I was doing the intro. His computer once a melted show. down. I, once I, a show, Jamie just disappears, but sometimes the timing of it is exquisite, and today yes. it was it was no different. As I was about to tell the listeners of the show that this is the player that you're most excited about. You talked about him yesterday on the I show. Did. That's how excited you are. I don't know why you're so excited to talk about this player, but it is Dak Prescott, who does have one of the highest numbers among the quarterbacks that we are going to discuss 12 and a half is the number. I will give the historical data and then I will completely get out of the way here, Jamie. He did this last year. He threw 15 picks a year ago in the 12 games that he played. He's only done it where he's thrown over 12 and a half one other time. You'd have to go back to his second season in Dallas back in 2017, which he had 13. He only has two other seasons in which it's been over double digits. Now, there have been years where he hasn't been healthy and he's only played in five games uh, back in 2020 when he only threw four interceptions. But I look at this, Jamie, and I'm confused as to why you're so excited about talking about it, but I will give you the floor and let you explain yourself. And I will say this right up front because I think this is going to be a bigger topic. I haven't projected for 12.6, so I'm not excited to talk about it from a betting standpoint. But I want to talk about the overall concept here because uh, while uh, I don't remember where this crossover happened when I was in Europe to coming back and when this all this happened, but there was a lot of discourse about Dak Prescott's interception numbers that just cropped up uh, in July at some point in this month. And 
I think there are two there, there there are a lot of takes when it comes to the Cowboys. There's a lot of takes when it comes to Dak Prescott, and there are a lot of takes when it comes to Dak Prescott throwing interceptions. And we saw everything from, you know, he's a bad quarterback to we saw the the misquote that he wasn't gonna throw 10 picks this year, and it turns out he was it was tip picks and all, all this other stuff that's going on here. There are there are two competing things that we need to discuss here. And I think we need to look at last year's bucket, and I think we look at the career bucket. Last year it was bad. Led the league with 15 interceptions uh, in 12 starts, 3.8% interception percentage, which is abysmal. It was a problem last year. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. But in terms of volume, he actually wasn't a anything more than an average, if not above average, when it came to throwing interceptions throughout the rest of his career. Yes, he had a little bit of that spike back in 2017, but for the most part, he was under 2% for his entire career. But he's also a quarterback that has had to have thrown has thrown at a really, really high volume. And we've talked about volume on the show before when betting. This this element doesn't get accounted for enough in fantasy. And I've talked about this before. I've gone on my rants here. But it also doesn't get accounted for here. And when you talk about, well, Dak Prescott's always throwing double-digit picks. He's threw the, threw the ball 596 times in 2021, 596 times in 2019. 526 times in 2018 and oh by the way 221 times in four and a half games in 2020 so he is throwing he and the dallas cowboys throw the ball at a ridiculously high clip and so when you are throwing the ball 600 times and throwing an interception on 1.7 1.8 percent of those attempts your numbers are going to be higher than the quarterback that's throwing 500 times with those same numbers it's just mm-hmm. how math works so i think there are two competing things here I don't think Dak Prescott is as turnover prone as he is being made out to be on social media. On the other hand, last year was a problem. So to me, this is a year of let's sit back and see, is there a fundamental change in his mechanics, a fundamental change in how he performed, a fundamental change in his mechanics now? Or was that a blip on the radar? Because I understand saying, well, he threw, he threw 10 picks in 2021. He threw 11 picks in 2019. Yeah, he still had under 200 because he threw 600 times in those years. His touch, his interception percentage was not out of whack compared to where most of the quarterbacks in the league are. So that is one of those ones where I will look back and say, this will be a evaluation year for him because if he comes anywhere near what he did last year, which is, again, 3.8 is abysmal. Like he, I mean, he could cut that in half. That's like that's what he really needs to do. He needs to cut that in half. But if he's around there, then we could talk about him having an interception problem long term. But right now, I don't think he's that guy. To bring this all back in the conversation, I think the number's correct. 12 and a half is the, the number. I have at 12.6, mostly because I haven't thrown 12.6 interceptions with uh, 570 pass attempts this year. By so, the way, By the way, you take his numbers over the last two years, 10 plus 15. You do some quick math, you divide that by two. His 25. average over the last two years is literally around 12.5. So yeah. That's what this number comes from, is that the last two years have been uh, back-to-back years, which he hadn't done that before, of double-digit interceptions. Jamie, I think you can understand that I am not a Dak Prescott fan. Okay, When I do my quarterback list on a pretty regular basis, he's he's one of the guys that falls outside of the top 10 and I get yelled at extensively for it. I don't consider myself a Dak Prescott fan, so I'm not notoriously a Dak Prescott defender. But I think... The discourse around Dak Prescott has gone to that that point in the circle of life sometimes where now we're going a little too far. Dak Prescott yes. is a solid starting quarterback in the National Football League. He's a, he we, can win you enough games to get you to the playoffs, and it, it is, in my humble opinion, 
it is not entirely Dak Prescott's fault as to why the Dallas Cowboys have struggled to win playoff games. Is he completely blameless? No, absolutely not. No, of course not. It, there, there's a lot of other things that have gone on there in Dallas. The coaching mistakes in the, in the playoff game against San Francisco a couple of years ago, the fact that they have not supported him with a great receiving core in the last couple of years, the defense has been suspect at times. So there's a lot of blame to go around here. Listen, sure. not, a, not a supporter of Dak Prescott. Don't think he's a top 10 I probably have him somewhere in that 12 to 15 range in terms of quarterback. But again, I think we're going a little too far with our criticism of Dak when you look at the numbers and he's been statistically a pretty good quarterback. And, and I think this goes back to the conversation that we have in a lot of these guys where it, it, it's not a binary choice. You're not either great or you suck. That's no. not how this works. No. There, there, there is a, there is a spectrum here. And uh, there are a few guys we've talked about this. I thought the, the, the Dak Prescott has gone from the hate has gone too far. I think Justin Fields has been the opposite. The, the love has gone too, too far. far. Hype trains love station. Uh, we've actually. talked about we've talked about certain guys like that before. If you look at other positions, guys like Gabe Davis, for example. So I, I think there there's a, a conversation, and and I guess even in some way this next player fits into this mold of like sometimes it's okay to fall in this middle ground here, and, and the next player we're going to talk about is Daniel Jones, who. If it weren't for what Geno Smith did last year, had the outlier of all outlier seasons compared to his career prior. And I guess we got to try to figure out if it's for real or not. I mean, he had the, the lowest interception percentage of his career last year and led the league at 1.1%. And I don't know, Chris, you 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 uh, you read the numbers here. Let's, let's talk about this. Eight and a half is the number for Daniel Jones. Five interceptions, like Jamie mentioned, a very low number a year ago. Only seven the year before in 2020. Uh, the first two years of his career, he was into double digits, and that was a concern from a lot of people. Not just because he was in double-digit interceptions, but because the main thing with Daniel Jones in the first couple of years of his tenure in New York, for those of you who maybe don't follow the Giants very closely or more not following the saga that was Daniel Jones' first couple of years there in New York, not only was he a double-digit interception guy, my guy had 18 fumbles in his rookie yeah, season. Yeah, he fumbled the ball every 16 my, seconds. My guy had 11 fumbles in 2020. He made he made Tiki Barber look like he was the king of ball security. Like, he was a early career Tiki Barber. He was a turnover nightmare just all over the place. So he was throwing picks, and then he would also give the ball away by fumbling. He's cleaned that up the last two years. Seven fumbles really in 2021, six fumbles in 2022. Only lost three of them each of those two years, and the interceptions have gone down. Now, here's how I would handicap this, Jamie, when I look at this. I see a guy that threw 472 times in 2022, mm -hmm. the highest of his career in terms of attempts, in an offense that we know what they're going to do. We know the design. We know how they want their quarterback to operate. I've talked about this uh, at length on this show. You you say that I've, I compare uh, uh, Daniel Jones to Josh Allen when I discuss this, but we know how uh, Brian Dable wants to have his quarterback operate. They're going to they're gonna use him a lot in the run game. He's going to throw mm -hmm. the ball quite a bit. And 2022, I think, is a great window into what this is going to look like. I see zero reason, Jamie, with the addition of Darren Waller, with the addition of what they've been able to do with the interior of their offensive line with John Michael Schmitz, uh, adding um, Paris Campbell, and as I mentioned, Darren Waller, having Saquon Barkley back in the building, they just gave Andrew Thomas a massive contract extension. I mm -hmm. see zero reason why this offense can't operate in a similar manner to the way that it did in 2022. Is it going to mean more the same amount of wins or more wins? I don't think so. But they can operate in the same way. So I see zero reason why he's even going to come close to eight and a half. Yeah, I'm at 6.6, .6, and that's with him setting a new career high in past tense. I'm at 5.05. So, you know, that this is one where he actually – I mean, I, I know that it was high. His interception percentage was a little bit high early in his career, but, you know, I would consider that not being the main problem. That's his, like two coaches ago. Was, yeah, and his main problem was always the fumbles. And, 
Let, let's talk about volume here a little bit because this is this is where it comes back in this conversation because there's there's a four interception difference between Dak Prescott's line, and Daniel Jones' line, and I think probably a hundred pass attempt difference in where they'll end up being. And I think that's where the volume here helps Daniel Jones. He's done a really good job protecting the ball the last couple of years, both as you mentioned on the ground and through the air. I, I don't think he's going to do another 1.1% uh, interception season, but uh, I think he's going to be right around there. This six to eight range, I think is perfectly reasonable. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff when it comes to that point. There's just a question of, if, to me, is is there any more upside there? And I don't think there is. And I, I think what you're going to get is you're going to get him settled into somewhere close to what he did last year. Right but not quite as good, but that's kind of the ceiling, I think, for him. I don't think there's this next level. I don't think he's going to ascend. He, I don't think he's going to take this Jalen Hurts-type jump from year over year or the Tua Tungvaloa jump from year over year that we have seen from a couple of these other guys. I think the last year was the best-case scenario, and but I still think that this number eight and a half is a little high for interceptions. Also helps is the two quarterbacks that you mentioned, uh, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle catching passes for those two quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. And let me check the notes here on Daniel Jones. <clears throat> Darren Waller and Paris Campbell, probably the two best passes. Uh, uh, and Cole Beasley. Pardon. Excuse you. Darius Slayton. Sterling Shepard. I thought you just meant additions. I'm just, just, I'm just looking at the receiving core in general. All right, Jalen Hyatt's already hurt. Not a great start there to his tenure in New York. Another quarterback for us to discuss here, Derek Carr, newest member of the New Orleans Saints, newest quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, his number 11 and a half. And as an expert, I don't feel like I need to pull up the numbers here, but I do have them up just so we have the historical data here for Derek Carr. Uh, 14 picks each of the last two seasons there uh, in Vegas. You then have to go back all the way to 2017 to find a year where he went over this number with 13. And then he did it in his first two years in Vegas, 12 and 13. But more often than not, has been a low interception guy. Six, eight, nine, uh, one year in which he had 10. But the last two years, it has been a bit of a concern at 14. I look at this, Jamie, 11 and a half. I don't think this number's super far off. It's a new offense. The last two years, as he's gotten mm -hmm. older, he has had a propensity to, to throw uh, some more interceptions than we're used to. Um, I don't know. I, I, I Part of me wants to buy into Derek Carr and say that, that the under is going to cash here, but I don't love the situation. New offense, there's going to be a propensity to make some early mistakes, right? As everything starts to gel together, there's a learning curve here for Derek Carr. For the first time in his life, he's on a new team. Like, like I think as a sports betting, fantasy, what we discuss here on the show, I don't know if we put enough value on the idea of this guy played for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons in one place, and now is yeah. going to completely go across the country to a new spot. It takes some time for all that to work together, to gel. You add I, that I on know, top Chris, of I've, 14 I've, picks tell, each tell, of the last two tell years. That's a, tell that to the Jets beat, Chris. Yeah, yeah, please. We, we don't need to talk about what the Jets beat is doing with Aaron Rodgers every time he makes a throw in, in practice. I'm kind of over it already. It's gross. It's, it's getting it's gross. Just, it's just, it, it, can we just, can we fast forward to the I'm, season I'm beginning? happy. Look, I, I don't want to trample on people being excited. I like that people are excited, but it's getting I, a little weird. I'm excited, there but like, there, there, we don't there need are certain members I will not name of the media that are getting a little weird. Um, there was there there was a, a video that went around. We're recording this show on Wednesday. The yeah. video went around late Tuesday night and floated into early Wednesday morning is when the I Garrett saw Wilson it. Wilson one? No, it's the one where Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the New York Jets. Heard of him. Zach Wilson, backup quarterback for the New York Jets. Heard of him, too. Are, are walking in tandem together. They're like jogging to a drill, and they're discussing things, right? Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson are discussing things. And it appears, from all intents and purposes, that Aaron Rodgers is at least talking through something with Zach Wilson, right? 
You okay. should see the tweets heaping the praise on. Oh, look at Aaron Rodgers mentoring the young quarterback, oh, setting up Lord. the Jets for future success, teaching Zach Wilson, walking through the drills, being an extra. I'm like, can we just relax, please? They do this on every Gross. single rep. It's probably Gross. helpful for Zach, yes. But to act as if Aaron Rodgers. Sure, but to act like this is anything out of the ordinary. Like, this thing he makes on talk to I know. It's just insanity. It's very weird. Back on track here to Derek uh, Carr. Back to Derek Carr. Um, I, I think this number is pretty, pretty on point. Yeah. I, have, I have Derek Carr listed for 11 interceptions. Uh, I do think that there's something to say about the weapons that he's going to have in New Orleans that he didn't have toward the end of his tenure in Las Vegas, which I think is important. We saw, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw Derek Carr play his absolute best, in my opinion, when he had Mari Cooper and Michael Crabtree both in his receiving core. It goes out to New Orleans. What? We'll have Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Give your quarterback uh, and, a good supporting cast and he can play well? Yeah. What? And 36-year-old Jimmy Graham who won't make the roster. Um, but like he's got, a, he's got a good supporting cast there. We'll see how long Kamara is out. If he is out time, that's another thing that's still kind of sitting out there waiting, but he's got a pass catching running back. He's got two really strong wide receivers. He's got a couple of solid tight ends that like in Juwan Johnson and Foster Moreau. One of the better offensive lines he's been behind. One of the better offensive lines he's been around. And which again, to be fair, is not saying it, we're not, it's because, not a high bar to clear, but we've cleared the bar. But we've cleared the bar. Uh, and, that, and that's not a knock on the Saints. That's legitimately a knock on the Raiders offensive line throughout the years. Uh, but I, I think this number is about right. So I, I don't I see him cutting down from what he's been the last couple of years. But I still think he's going to be asked to throw enough that he's going to get to double digits. The uh, next guy up for us to discuss here uh, is Joe Burrow. I do, however, feel like it's required that I say we will because we do have the information on the Aaron Rodgers contract. And I do want to get – don't look. I want to get your initial I'm not, thoughts. I'm, I'm pulling up Joe Burrow's – When I read uh, this to you. Stats page. So, we can so talk about him. the okay. New York Jets, according to Tom Pelissario. Okay, he's a pretty good source. <laughs> have signed four-time NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers to I've a new him, yeah. two-year $75 million guaranteed contract through the 2024 season. Now he originally whipped up the old deal and he got less money. He originally had 110 million guaranteed remaining on his old deal. So he is taking less money. Just to make it very clear, he is taking less money to be in New York for what appears to be two seasons. He's taking he's taking less money but it's condensed because the other contract was longer, correct? Well, I don't know the original contract. I would need to see it. well I'm going to go to overthecap.com because they probably don't have the updated numbers in there because we probably don't have the void years. When the Jets traded for Rodgers in the first place, they the deal when they made the trade got all sorts of funky. So the way it was currently situated, I have to no. So he's making the same amount. So he was going to okay, make. This might be. Oh, his, is this might be the? Is this the new deal? His cap was one point two in twenty twenty three, and then he was going to be one hundred and seven point six in twenty twenty four. That was after they traded for him. So okay, he was. I need to see what the other deal was because I think I'm I'm at spot, uh, spot track right now, and I think. Yeah, no, they have. This is a new info. Right. So His original the... deal was a three-year, $150 million contract with the Packers on March 14th, 2022. So 2022, 2023, 2024. So his three-year contract only took him through uh, 2024. So from a year's perspective, in terms of playing years, because there were two void years on the on the original deal with the Packers anyway. He was through. He was he was always through 2024. So nothing has changed in that regard. I'm letting I'm letting you crunch the numbers behind the scenes, but I feel pretty yeah, I'm confident. Tr- I'm, in what I'm looking I've up shared. a cash version of the page. I'm trying to see what. Okay, so here's this is the information I'm trying to have. Okay, so originally, mm-hmm. so all the so okay, so he took less money, but kind of. Well, he did. Well, he did take less money. Yeah, because the Jets but... were going to, after trading for him. The Jets were going to owe him 107 million dollars next season. Yeah. 
Yes. They now only owe him 75 over the next two years. Correct. But the reality was, is most of it wasn't guaranteed toward the end. So essentially they have accelerated. So here's essentially what they did. It looks like to me that they took the 2024 and 2025 money, added it to the 2023 money they owed him. And instead of paying those three years out over three years or paying it out over two and ignoring the last year of the other old contract. Right. So they probably That's essentially what happened. they probably ripped up that 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 secondary option that was in there for the end of this season. Yeah. So essentially what they did is they paid him three years worth of the contract. For two years, but yes, he, he did technically take less money to make this deal happen. And obviously this opens up him having a reasonable cap number next uh, year. Yeah, because now the cap number next year is it, it, only forty-five. It was one hundred and seven, no. just just for the record, which was which was n- untenable. Situation. Right, it was never going to happen. But that's what it was after they traded. So, so and and there are three void years now in this deal as well. Yeah, there were so, two, there were two in the original Green Bay deal. Yeah, so he will have a so he has an eight point eight million dollar cap hit this year. Okay, which is up from what uh, it was. It wasn't one originally. Correct. He'll have a forty five point two million dollar cap hit next year. Okay, assuming they don't do a restructure, and then a twenty one million dollar dead cap in twenty twenty five when he's not on the roster, and then two more additional years of seven million dead cap. Okay. This, I mean, they the, the Jets got the two things they needed to get done. They got the Q deal done, and they got yep. this done. And I think this is incredibly reasonable. And I will say this. I did have a concern when trading for Rodgers in the first place. And trust me, we're going to get back to the quarterbacks here in a second. But this is a major breaking story, so we want to talk about it. There, when they originally traded for him, I was worried about this idea of the original contract that Green Bay had with him because it was paying him two years beyond this one, and the money was going to be really out of whack. And I thought it was going to put the Jets on the hook for a lot of money for years in which he didn't play for them. This is a win for the Jets. They accelerated the money a little bit. They used the, the cap to their advantage. And that yes, there's void years on this, but they're paying a decent amount of it ahead of time for the two years in which they think he's going to play for them, which would be this year and next year. So this is, a, I think, a win all around. And it gives the Jets some flexibility next year. They just, yeah, overnight, just accrued $60 million in cap space by going from 107 next year to the 40, whatever number it is. So that's... Fantastic move for the for the Jets and for Aaron Rodgers. Let's get back to talking about quarterback interception props because we talked about Rodgers on yesterday's show. Joe Burrow, the next guy up for us to discuss. Uh, and somebody else we might be crunching numbers on. Pretty soon, pretty yeah. Soon. He's probably going to beat the five-year, $262.5 million extension that Justin Herbert got. Uh, 12.5 is the interception number, Jamie. 12 last year for Burrow, 14 the year prior, five in his rookie season. And, Jamie, I think this is a volume game. 606 attempts in 2022, mm-hmm. 520 attempts in 2021. They're going to throw the ball just as much as they did those two seasons, and he was right around this number. Yeah, and, and I have him at 12.8, so this is, this is a really good number here. Uh, he's really actually – it's, it's not a problem, but if, if there's been a knock on Joe Burrow's game, there's probably been two things. It's one that he invites pressure uh, at a really high rate, and which is even worse given that the offensive line hasn't been good there, but it doesn't help himself, uh, and that he has a penchant to go on turnover runs. Oh, yeah, they, and, they come in bunches. And, yeah, I mean, when he has them, he has them in bunches. And I'm trying to look at last year. Like, he had a streak last year. He threw 12 interceptions in total, but he had a streak from week 10 through week 15. Those were a six-game span where he threw six interceptions, and there an eight-game span where he threw seven. Then obviously he had that he, they had that four-pick game in the opener against the Steelers that cost them that that game. So he does have a tendency to roll a snowball effect some of his interceptions, but I think this is the right number. You know, this is a guy that's going to throw. 
I have him projected for 583 pass attempts. That's about what he has been getting. He's going to get you north of 30 touchdowns, but the, the interceptions are going to be part of his game. And it's not at a, a level I would consider problematic. He's been sitting at right around 2% for his career. It's been a little higher if you don't want to count his rookie year where he was really good uh, before getting hurt. I mean, he's been you know, his, his interception rate since that point is closer to 2.3%, which is below average. So that's one area that I, I'm, again, if we're going to nitpick a little bit with Joe Burrow, that's an area that I think he needs to improve on along with inviting pressure. But this is, this is an appropriate line. Uh, I, I will commend the, the odds makers here. Jamie J. Eisner. Chris. I need you to help me with this next player. Okay. Jared, Jared Goff. Goff's interception number is 11 and a half. My guy in the two years that he's played in this Detroit system has thrown 15 interceptions over the course of 31 games. What gives? I don't know. He threw the ball 587 times last year. It, it, do, do they think he's going to throw the ball astronomically more than that? Well, I have him down for 7.8. <laughs> so um, we so, are clearly in a difference ratio. Like this is the, this, what are we doing here? 11 and a half? Uh, yeah, I, I know he I, had I the three was... years. He had the three years just from historical data in 2018, 2019, and 2020 with the Rams. He went 12, 16, and 13. Yes. But that's it. Those are the only years that you can find in which he's done this. And in the two years since he's gotten to Detroit, he hasn't come anywhere close to this number. Yeah, I, and I think even if you give him up, even up at two percent, he still probably wouldn't reach this number. Uh, and I so I think he has room to. Right, but, to regress and still be under. But, Jamie, we talked about this with Lamar yesterday. The idea of the volume is going to increase so much that even if he keeps his interception rate where it is, that he's still going to hit the number. He threw the ball 587 times last year and yeah. threw seven picks. There's not a massive volume increase coming here. No, and, and I, I What do you have him projected for attempts-wise? Uh, I have him projected for 590. So you... you, you three, a whopping... Three more attempts for Jared yeah. Goff from you in 2023. I, I can't. Yeah. This is one that I really like. Of all the ones we've discussed so far, I do too. This is one I really like. The under on. I uh, I would say this. I one thing that is working in Goff's favor is that I feel like he is making and has been given opportunity to make safer throws than he was toward the end of his career in Los Angeles. I feel like that between the the, the scheming of Ben Johnson. Uh, the fact that his best receivers throughout the course of his two years there have both been middle-of-the-field dominant players when it was with Amon Ross St. Brown and then up until midway through last year, TJ Hawkinson, that he's been afforded – because this is a team I've watched a lot because I've had a lot of like Amon Ross St. Brown props for randomly things. He's making a lot more safer throws in these games. And I think that he's going to continue to do that because the Lions should be, as we all know, better this year. So if he is not having to play desperation ball late in these games, this that we've number had should to come down. They, yeah, I, I really like this. I really like the under here. Are like, we going to fight I, over I, this one? This might, yeah, this might be one we're going to have to fight over. We we'll have to fight over this one. Uh, I like this one that we also might fight over. Justin Fields' hmm. interception number ten and a half. Eleven in his rookie, yeah. ten in his rookie season. Eleven in twenty twenty two. Jamie. Over. It's going to go over, and I think for a couple of reasons. One, he has not shown an ability to keep this under control. He's got 21 picks in two seasons, right? That's that's thing number one. Thing number two, tell me if you agree with this as, as, a, as a methodology. We just added DJ Moore to this offense, right? We just added a true number one. Do you get the sense that now because they've added a true number one, that they might that Justin might force it a little bit at times to DJ Moore, at least in the early going? And that could, could be forces. 
forces it or not, he's going to try to th- they're going to try to throw more. Now, right. people projecting him to go up to five, you know, to throw for four thousand yards, all the other stuff's not going to happen. But his career high pass passes last year was three eighteen in fifteen games. I have him projected for four sixteen in sixteen games, which would be a career high. But I also have him up near fourteen and a half interceptions. Here's the issue: Justin Fields, throughout his brief time in the NFL, has has thrown a pick at a really, really high rate. And I mean, it is, what is it over three and a half? Yeah. 3.6%. And including last year it was three and a half percent. I don't see that issue necessarily going away for him, at least not going away to the point where he is going to be hanging around eight or nine interceptions, unless he gets hurt. Uh, I mean, this is one where I, I don't under, this is, I guess another one of uh, the field type, I think has gone a little bit out of control and, I will admit that I I feel like I have to keep defending myself, but I like Justin Fields. I just feel like the hype train has left the station with no good reason for it. Right. It, it left it left ahead of schedule. The train was supposed to leave at ten oh five and it's eight thirty and the train left. Like I and I, you and I are at the tracks, like where'd it go? What what are we this doing is here? A crucial year to determine the future for Justin Fields. If he does and not I have a good open. year. Go ahead, Chris. If he does not have a good year. I think there is a greater than 30% chance that they move on from him. This this oh. regime did not select him. I think if he has a bad year, I think there's a 50-50 chance they move on from him. And 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 there there's there's been a lot of conversation and I I know it makes your head explode so I won't talk about it about the Cardinals Oh god. trading Kyler oh, and taking Don't, do it. don't, don't bring me to this I, I, place, I, I, please. Chris, it's okay. All right, there's there's no monster in your closet. It's, okay. it, it's every talking, day. We're not, we're not talking about that. There's, we're not talking about somebody that. writes an article about it every single day. It's okay. Do the ASMR. He's not even he's not even QB one. Hot take. Do some ASMR to calm Chris down here. All right, okay. please please proceed. Relax. Sorry. The Chicago Bears might have two top ten picks, or at least two top half of the draft picks between their own and Carolina. Well, they're well, easy. You and I on this show feel very very strongly that the Carolina Panthers could be a dark horse. They could. I'm just saying, you and I could. both have come to that conclusion that they're a candidate. But they might not. They might not be. They do have a rookie quarterback who is QB1 right, by picking the way. 12th right? or 13th doesn't mean they had a bad season. That's you know true. what I mean? But you know what I'm saying? True. And the Bears so you could be sitting there with two mid-round picks or two middle of the first round picks, which if you package that with another first is enough to move up I think into the top 2 or top 3, especially if you're staring at staring at a team that Maybe like, uh, you know, Arizona that's going to have two picks or Indianapolis if they're really bad and they feel like they've got their quarterback or right. something else in that nature. They, they could make that move. This is a critical year for Justin Fields for a number of reasons, but I am open to almost any possibility. I am open to him turning into the player I thought he was coming out of college, which is a franchise leading quarterback. I am open to the idea of him being a league average quarterback. I'm also open to the idea of him being a guy that's going to have to bounce around the league because he it just doesn't all quite come together right away. I am open to any of these possibilities, but I am not going to sit here today on July 27th and tell you I know what Justin Fields is going to be. Yep. And I don't think anybody else does either. That's a good take. I agree with So I, I need another year, and I'm open to a lot of the possibilities because I, I, I like Justin Fields as a person from what I've heard about him. I like Justin Fields as a player when I evaluated him coming out of Ohio State. I just need to see more. And I watched, trust me, I'm here in Chicago. I have a 10-minute walk to Soldier Field. I am well aware of every time Justin Fields breathes in this town. I saw every snap he took last year. 
I have a lot of questions still. A lot of hope, a lot of promise, but a lot of questions. And I think that's being completely dismissed right now by everybody. And it just, I don't understand. Uh, uh, but anyway, over. The man with the new contract got a five-year, $262.5 million contract extension from the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. His interception number, 10 and a half. 10 in his rookie season, 15 in 2021, and 10 last year. Jamie, did you know that Justin, Herber, Justin Herbert almost threw the ball 700 times last year? He threw the ball 699 times. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to do quite that much this year. I'm, I'm, I have him down for the paltry six forty four. Ah, a bit of a bit of a regression for Justin <laughs> um, Herbert in twenty twenty three. But I think people forgot how much that Kellen Moore likes to throw the ball too. So they're going to throw the ball a lot in this offense. By the way, they should. They have. I mean, they have. They're loaded with quality pass catchers up and down their roster. Um, I mean, I have him at eleven point seven five for the interceptions. So I, I guess I technically have the over. I, I think this is kind of, this is more of the volume game because this is, again, this is the case of a guy that has three consecutive double digit interceptions to begin his career, but it's not a, a below average quarterback when it comes to interception rate. It's right. just, this is a volume thing. A volume He's going to throw out the ball. Yeah. Again, he threw the ball 595 times in 15 games as a rookie, 672 and then 699. Like maybe at 645, I'm low. <laughs> Like maybe he's gonna he's gonna throw the ball seven hundred times again. Uh, I think it's just a volume game to me. Yeah. Of like he's gonna be a double digit interception guy just because he is throwing the ball so dang much. He doesn't even need a two percent rate to be able to get to this number. So probably staying away. It's not as I don't like it as much as we talked about with like golf and fields. We like those a lot more, but uh, I do think it's fair to to put his number uh, at double digits. Uh, four quarterbacks left for us to discuss. We'll go through these relatively quickly. Kenny Pickett eleven and a half in thirteen games of his rookie season. He threw nine. Jamie, I like the over on this one just because I think Kenny Pickett's an incomplete player entering year two. Uh, I think they're going to throw the ball a decent amount, and he threw nine in 13 games. I kind of like the under. Really? Uh, I, have him, I have him down for 10. I, I'm not going to – it's too close to bet on We're here. not running. No I running. know he had nine for thir- – he had nine last year, but he had that one game where it was a complete disaster, where everything came off the rails for him early on, and I'm trying to find out what the what that game was. Here. Oh, I can that tell That was uh, – I haven't pulled up here. That was – well, he had two games where they came off the rails. It was his first not start um, against the Jets, well, which you should remember. It's a good defense. Threw, it's a pretty good defense. Three, three, three picks. Yeah. Um, and then he had just a, a real rough game against Miami. I believe there was – well, he had also had three picks. So yep. I, but I believe he had some tip passes there. But from week 10 on, so his la- – or week 9 on, so his last one – or 10 on, excuse me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starts. He only threw one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he improved considerably last year. He's not going to have the same sort of volume as some of these other guys. Um, although, again, I, th- I do think he could creep up in the high 500s. So maybe I, I should take that back. He's not going to throw like Justin Herbert. Um, but I think he could creep up into that Joe Burrow-ish level of those 580 pass attempts he plays the whole season. But I think his blow-up games, and there were some weird circumstances behind some of those picks. Again, they all count the same have colored people's opinions about Kenny Pickett. And I thought he was a re- he was a much better player. Again, I think his peak in a ceiling is league average quarterback. That's what we thought coming out. That's what I thought he's going to be. That's what I still think he's going to be. I think he can go under this number. I don't think he's going to be a double-digit interception guy. Mac Jones, 11 and a half. 13 in his rookie season, 11 last year. Take the over. Mac Jones, oh, I, I don't think he's going to be a high double-digit guy. I have him at exactly 10. And I think that's with a massive spike in past time. So uh, for Mac Jones, yeah. Interceptions are going to be a thing. I have them down for 14. Um, uh, Apparently, the offense is not looking good in training camp so far, by the way. No shit. 
That team is still not. Team is brutal, man. They're not going to be good, and they play. The, their defense is their defense continues to be incredibly underrated, and is the only thing that kind of keeps them going is that their defense and and Roger Stevenson's the monster. But again, this is a guy that has been pretty consistent interception wise. He's well over two percent throughout his career. That's going to be an element of his game. He can't make throws to all levels of the field, even if he wants to. He's clearly going to be in a better situation than he was last year, but I still think he's going to throw his interception. So 11 and a half is a high number, but I think he's going to go over that because I don't think he, I don't think he gets benched this year. I really don't. I really think they're going to roll this out and see how he does. And we'll see. Well, again, another guy that's going to be in a very interesting evaluation year from that same class as Justin Fields that we're going to have that conversation about this offseason. This is my. This is what I say to the next guy. I just shrug to what we're doing with this next player. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can't bet so, on this. We can't bet no, on Matt Stafford's twelve and a half because I don't know how many games he's going to play. I don't know who's going to play. I, I have him projected. I'll, I'll put this here for now. I have him projected for thirteen games, and I have twelve point four three interceptions. We, we just can't do this. We have to stay away from this at all costs. I'm not touching it. Yeah, he had seventeen two years ago uh, with with the Rams. Uh, he he's gonna he is gonna go over this total if he plays a full season. <laughs> sure, hundred percent. He's gonna play a full season. Right. Exactly. Uh, last guy up for us to discuss here in the quarterback Deep interceptions uh, uh, prop show, Trevor Lawrence, his number 10 and a half. He had 17 in 2021 in the Urban Meyer in his rookie season. And last year, he got that number way down to eight, uh, had 25 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Look, Jim, I think the volume is going to go up here. So that would be the thing yeah. that would kind of concern me about this number being at 10 and a half because he threw eight last year. I think he can get some of this stuff under control because he has been a bit of a turnover. Uh, turnovers have kind of been his thing over the first hit 12 fumbles last year. Uh, lost nine of yeah, them. Yeah, the fumbling was was a concern. So turnovers are an issue. But I, I think this is too close to, to bet on, but I think I'd lean towards the over. Yeah, I'm leaning there as well. I have him about 12.2. Um, and, I, and I have him throwing closer to 610 attempts this year. And I think some of this is a combination of uh, the volume going up a little bit. Uh, and kind of normalizing a little bit. I don't think he's the 2.8% guy that he was as a rookie. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to see that. 1.4 was really low last year. Like he did a really good job on that element of turning the ball over, not so much on the other one. But I, I do think the increased volume and the more weapons will give him, uh, you know, more of a a prompt to throw the ball down the field. Maybe make some riskier throws. So I do think he's going to cross into that double digit mark. I think he's going to hang out around 12, which again, 12 on 610 attempts is is not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. It's not something you're overly alarmed about if you have all the elements of the quarterback's game in. But a little too close for me to bet, but I will uh, I will take the over there. But today it was golf and fields that we really yeah. looked at and said, yeah, that there's, there's value some value there. there. Uh, that's it. Quarterback prop show in the books. We've got one more show for you this week, and you guys know the drill. It's takes on takes. You provide the takes. We provide the reactions. We've got that show coming for you tomorrow. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share the show. We greatly appreciate it. you got the video version of the show available on the YouTube side of things. Just search up the Draft Network. While you're over there, give the video a like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell so you get notified when we go live or when a new video drops. We would appreciate that as well. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisner. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Schubert underscore. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. We hope you all have a great rest of your day. We'll talk with you all tomorrow for Takes on Takes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.